What is up, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Birdie here. And in this episode, we are going to talk about commercial real estate. How can we get started in this space, invest in it, and without it being super hands-on. So we're going to talk with a guest today who is the principal over at Achieve Investment Group, which is a vertically integrated real estate company. Our guest also hosts the Achieve Wealth Podcast, which is designed to help listeners become successful investors. Over our guest investing career. He has identified, underwritten, and overseen the acquisition process of over $130 million worth of quality multifamily investments. So our guest who joins us is none other than James Candesami. James, welcome to the show. I am happy to be here, Mark. Um, you know, just can't wait to add value to your audience and listeners. James, it is a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And there are so many different ways to invest in real estate and just investing in general. So I'm wondering if you could just walk us through commercial real estate, how we can get started in that space. And especially maybe we don't have the type of capital to buy big buildings. Because I do think that's what people think about exclusively when they think of commercial real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, single family houses and, you know, multifamily, I mean, uh, I mean, three, fourplex, threeplex, all, you know, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, you know, well known right now, right? I mean, you can walk around any neighborhood and you see a, a single family houses, you can buy it and all that. But let's go to commercial real estate, specifically, uh, you know, uh, buying like apartment complexes, right? So that's what we specialize in. And in this investment, uh, uh, um, I would say, aspects of commercial real estate, you can be either an active investor where you are the one who's buying the, the big assets and managing it and uh, you know, you're, you're working on the financing. That's, that's what I would categorize as active investor. At the same time, you can be also a passive investor or hands-off investor where you are not doing the work, but you are investing your funds with an active investor. So that's what I call a syndication. Mm-hmm. So it gives a, a good uh, spectrum of investment opportunity for people who want to be active at the same time who want to be passive, right? So, so that's at very high level, uh, you know, active versus passive. And, um, you know, so anyone can buy commercial real estate as long as you have the right connections and the the right net worth and liquidity, right? Especially for active side of it. Whereas for passive, uh, there's two t- category of investors. One is called sophisticated investors, which means you are able to analyze a, a commercial real estate investment and make a wise decision on it. Uh, the other one is called accredited investor, which means uh, you have to be earning like 200 or 300,000 on your W2 job. And if you don't have that uh, accreditation, uh, you don't, if you don't have uh, that kind of income, you can also go by net worth, which is more than a million dollars uh, in net worth without your primary residence, then you can invest as well. So, you know, both accredited and non-accredited investors can invest in commercial real estate. You just have to find the right uh, active investor to invest on. And I mean, with index funds, because I feel like that's just for me, how I first heard of it, where you do have this concept of someone else does all the work, you give them your money and your money turns into something bigger. And mm-hmm. with these funds, obviously not all of them are created equal. So for someone wondering, okay, I want to go into commercial real estate, put it in some type of funds or some other investment, how would you determine like which fund to put your money in? 
Got it. Got it. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I wrote a best-selling book in uh, commercial real estate for passive investor, which is basically hands-off investor. So I'm going to, we can talk about that later. And, and in that book, we, we go a bit more detail, right? So uh, first of all, you have to network, right? Because the, the, the mechanism of, you know, someone who's passive or hands-off investing with someone active is called syndication. Right, and it's very regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission because all this is private, private syndication, right? Where you know we we raise the money from private people and we go and buy commercial real estate and we give returns to, to the uh, investors who invest with us, right? Uh, so the way you choose your fund is basically is based on who you know, right? Because a lot of these funds are not well known outside, right? So you basically have to go to meetup, uh, meetup.com. There's a lot of uh, you know, apartment or commercial real estate uh, investing cl- uh, investing meetups. You can go to biggerpockets.com, which is a big mm. you know, real estate social media site. Uh, you know, and you can ask questions there and you can meet a lot of syndicators out there or active sponsors. Um, you know, you can go to uh, you know investment clubs in your local town and you know, start networking with people. Just go and make sure that you let everyone know, hey, I'm looking for a commercial real estate to invest in. So these are the places where you can find active investors, right? Active investors or what we call it as syndicators or another way is called a deal sponsor. So these are the different, different name for people who does deals in commercial real estate, right? So... Um, yeah, there's many ways to go and find these people. However, you know, you have to build relationship with them. You have to, you know, you have to network with them. You have to know what's their philosophy in investing, you know, and usually when there's a deal, they will send out an email blast or they will let you know that, hey, I have this deal. Do you, would you like to invest or not? But very importantly, this pre-existing relationship and just getting to know the person is very important, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because, you know, as I said, this is all a private and when, when a hands-off investor or passive investor gives a fund to an active investor, he's basically giving up control, right? So you need to be, have that comfort in yourself. You need to be able to uh, trust the person. At the same time, you have to know good, who are you investing with to make sure their track record is, is, is uh, aligned to what you are looking for. At the same time, the type of deal that they are looking at, right? In terms of commercial real estate, there's many different types of deals. Um, and you want to make sure that you like that type of deals. And it's interesting how James is mentioning a few key things. Go in your local area. Uh, that, is, again, is your choice. Um, you want to make sure that you are meeting up with people. And it can be in that local environment. It can be online. But the idea is to start networking, start building the relationships, and you have a better idea of where to put your money. Some people, they may say, I want to build a real estate empire myself. So with that in mind, James, I'm wondering if you could share with us your journey through real estate, how you started, how you built up, just how you got to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I started uh, while working on a W-2 job, right? So I, I'm an electrical engineer and I was working on a job for 22 years, right? But, but this particular real estate venture, anybody can do it. You, know, you don't have to be you know, an engineer or anybody, right? So you have to learn the right ways and all that. So how I got started was uh, I, I worked for 22 years in corporate life and I started with single family um, houses, right? So when I looked at investment opportunities, I looked at stocks and uh, stocks is you know, so volatile, right? It goes up and down, I got, you got no control, right? Uh, you know, when you put the money 
it goes into a cloud and don't know what happens to it. it may go up and if you're lucky you know you can come down as well right so so i tried that and uh, it didn't work very well with me because i have to like look at my phone every few seconds you know mm-hmm. what my stock is doing so i'm a control freak and uh, <laughs> and uh, it didn't work very well for me because i lost my peace peace of mind right so i looked at real estate because real estate is a bit slow and steady right I mean, the houses doesn't move, it, is, it moves slowly. So I looked at something called a real estate uh, rental investing, where you buy a house and you rent it and you get money from the cash flow itself, from the residents who have been staying there, right? So, for, um, so I did like almost 13 houses uh, as a single family rentals in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, that was like in 2013, right? So after two years of doing it, you know, I realized that once I have like 13 houses, it's a bit hard to scale on single family houses. And I said, okay, I'm going to go into the apartment side of it, which I recall it as multifamily, right? So I started buying 45 units. And after that, we're buying 174 units, which is like a you know, pretty large, uh, you know, commercial real estate asset, asset. And now we own almost like 1700 units in uh, you know, San Antonio and Austin, Texas. Wow. And I do love the concept of the multifamily, the rental. And you have the tenant pay more money to you than what you would have to pay in the expenses. Now, the only like, it's a great formula, but you got people, you got the uh, tenants, which some of them could be very bad. So how do you go about decreasing your chances of getting a bad tenant? Oh, that's a really good question. So we are more like, uh, you know, people who does like fixer upper, right? If you look at HDTV, right? People like to go and fix, you know, you know, you know a house which is distressed. So we usually buy apartments which is in need of work, right? And you know, badly mismanaged and all that. So we basically go in and fix up that apartment, right? And, and the way we look for a good residence is basically, first of all, you have to really do a good job in managing an apartment, right? So everyone appreciates a good management. So just because of that, we start getting good residents coming in and renting at our apartment. And we also basically go and remodel the units to make it look nicer. So we get much better tenant demographic coming and living in our apartments. And uh, yeah, just by adding value to the community and changing the, the community itself, um, you know, reduces the crime rate, reduces the people who comes in and stay there. And of course, you know, to avoid really bad tenant, we have something called a tenant screening programs, which basically screen what's their background, whether they were good resident in the past, in the past, uh, you know, their rental history, uh, you know, make sure that they're good people, right? So once you get all this big group of good people, the whole uh, community changes. So yeah, to answer your question, we use a lot of uh, tenant screening, but at the same time, we add a lot of good value to the community itself. So people feel good living in that uh, community. And just in your case, I mean, I don't know if you'll have this number on the top of your head, but for good tenant versus bad tenant, does the ratio look like nine good tenants, one bad tenant? Is it better than that? Is it worse than that? Just so people who maybe they're just getting started, they want to scale up, they have an idea of what that would look like in the beginning. Yeah, I think it would be less than 5%. So, um, like, you know, so uh, 5%, we don't call it bad tenant, right? Just bad tenants with... um, they are not suited to be, you know, uh, uh, not say not suited. I mean, just, you know, they have different expectations, right, of, of the apartment or of what they are able to uh, get from the services, right? So, yeah, I would say 5% of the residents are, you know, um, 
always have some issues. Yeah, that, that that's a good number. I mean, when I say bad tenant, I'm thinking like a squatter. I'm thinking someone who destroys oh, the property or something. No, like no, we don't have uh, we don't have squatters. Uh, there are people who destroys the property. Uh, you know, there's always someone who who missed the screening part of it, and they come and they didn't have a good experience, or they brought in. Um, you know, they come and lease, but they bring in someone else to to stay with them, and that the other person can mess up the whole uh, unit and all that. But but it's a small percentage. Okay. Yeah, it's all up to your management and how good is your management company, right? So, a lot of uh, you know um, you know people are expecting things, and you know you know if your management is good, you can do a good screening, you can provide good services, and that produces a you know good tenant base. And you mentioned the thirteen single family. Huh? rentals a little bit earlier how did you at the beginning stages manage that did you have a property manager from day one or were you doing a lot of the heavy lifting to start oh we did a lot of heavy lifting in fact uh, that 13 houses were almost like uh, that's in san antonio and i'm in austin texas so it's almost one and a half hour to two hour drive so we have to drive every week uh, <laughs> to this resident not every week i would say maybe once a week we drive and we fix it and um but we did all the property management uh, directly, right? Uh, we means my wife and I, two of us have uh, been doing it. But now on apartment complex, we have uh, staff working for us. So we have like 40 mm-hmm. staff working for us who's managing, uh, you know, like nine uh, apartment complexes. And what is it now? Like you just get on the phone and get a progress report or is it a little more detailed than what you do? Oh, no, no. We, we do a lot of details too. We have corporate employees, but we do, we, we are hands-on owners. And, um, you know, to make sure, because we do a more, bit more uh, difficult projects, we do a turnaround uh, apartments. And because of that, we are very hands-on. Uh, but we do have managers working for us and they are able to uh, take off a lot of burden out of us. But yeah, we do go uh, and visit the properties like at least once a week. And I know that for when you do decide to get into complexes, big apartment buildings, there is a lot more leverage that goes into that. And there's only so much you could scale with 13 rentals and you want to build up that way or spread all out. So getting the complex definitely makes a lot of sense. But how did you manage that transition? Because some people get burned by the leverage or they take, they'll take those 13 rentals, put it into a complex and then it goes like, the investment is like that's destroyed or something. So how um, did you manage that transition? So the way we managed it, we basically, we had like 13 houses and we started refinancing the equity out of that houses, right? So once we have, once we refinance it, we were able to buy, start buying small uh, multifamily, right? So, and then we start selling our single family rentals. Um, yeah, and we are, I mean, I think my last two single family rentals is in the market right now. We're going to be selling it soon, but we have moved all our equity to this, uh, multifamily, uh, venture and, uh, in multifamily, we can scale much faster, right? Because, um, you know, we have employees working for us. That's the thing about real estate at the beginning it is a lot of heavy work. Uh, but if you do decide to expand and scale you do get a whole team eventually it is still work for you you have to pay attention to it real estate is always a business for you unless you do decide to go into one of these funds for something like commercial real estate instead so just 
you have the option where you just go into the fund. It's easy. You don't got to do all of this buildup or you do the buildup. You end up being someone like James where you have all these properties now bringing in the income from the tenants. But that's the beauty of this model. There's so many different ways to enter. You can really play it based on the lifestyle you want. Yeah. Yeah. Real estate is so cool. I mean, you can see how popular is HGTV, right? People love to see, you know, remodeling, turning around, people doing calculation of numbers and all that. But a lot of people could not uh, take advantage of that real estate benefit, right? The coolness factor, the tax benefit of real estate and all that. That's where, you know, we're using syndication model. I mean, anyone can invest with an active investor using syndication model and you just become a passive investor. You don't, you're not doing any hands-on work, but you're getting all the real estate benefits out of that, that whole real estate uh, uh, activity that the active sponsor is doing, right? Um, and that, that's a model not many people know. So, you know, that's why I wrote that book, right, in, in Amazon, and so that people get educated on, uh, you know, this kind of uh, uh, absolute possibility that they can get involved in commercial real estate without leaving their W2 job or without getting hands-on. And again, there are certainly so many different approaches to real estate. I know James talks about this on his podcast, the Achieve Wealth podcast. We will be linking to that in the show notes. Do you want us to throw anything else in the show notes so people can follow all the work you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up my free book, uh, uh, which is a bestseller in Amazon and was top 15 uh, real estate investing book uh, by Jim Cramer, The Street. Uh, you know, it's, the website is called Passive Investing in realestate.com, passiveinvestingrealestate.com. So the book is offered for free. Go and get it. Uh, I mean, if you go to Amazon, you're going to be paying either $9.99 or 20 bucks for the physical book, right? So, you know, uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's the offer for your, for your listeners. And just read it. I mean, it's just an option, right? I mean, it's not like, uh, for some reason, real estate investing is not well known for so many people. I mean, not like stocks. Everybody knows stocks, right? You, there's so many fees involved in stocks and, and all the guys who earn the fees, of course, they do all the advertisement for, for because they make the money in, in fees, right? But real estate, there's not many middlemen that makes the money. And, um, but there's absolutely uh, a really good way to invest in real estate without, uh, you know, without getting uh, your hands dirty. We will be throwing those links in the show notes. Make sure you grab a copy of James's book to learn even more using the link because you will save money versus buying it on Amazon. James, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Pleasure to be here, Mark. Thank you for having me.